Explorable is a podcast about travel, disability, and inclusion. I'm Josh Loebner, Director of Strategy at Design Sensory. I'm co-host Toby Willis, Senior Product Manager for Inclusive Technology and President of the Ability Inclusion Movement at Expedia Group. We're both blind. And we love everything travel. This is Explorable. We interview experts, advocates, and allies of tourism, destinations, and disability to make each journey more explorable. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to Explorable, the premier podcast for disability and destination marketing. We couldn't be more thrilled to have an amazing guest with us today. But before we introduce everybody, just a quick check in. Toby, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right, Josh. Thanks for asking. How about yourself? Hey, I am doing fabulous today. And uh, uh, without any further hold up, let's just introduce our guest. Joanna Hunt is the manager of Kindle Accessibility at Amazon. She's a technical product leader advocating for the development of fully inclusive experiences and changing the technological landscape for people with disabilities. Joanna, hey, welcome to Explorable. Hey, thanks, Josh. Thanks, Toby. It's great to be with you guys today. Yeah, thanks for thanks for joining. Joanna, if you could just take a quick few minutes and tell us a little bit more about what you do at Amazon and how you make Kindle readers more accessible. Sure, absolutely. Um, so I lead a, a pretty rock star team of cross-functional people who do all kinds of cool stuff for disability at Kindle. I mean, we've got product managers and engineers and quality experts and even designers. They are ridiculously passionate about making experiences that, you know, we got to delight them, have built things that they enjoy using. Uh, and that's really our goal. It's to build those devices for Kindle reading applications on Fire tablets or iOS or Android, and even the Kindle for PC experience so that they really are accessible to everybody. And the progress that we've made towards that goal so far has really been focused on helping making reading more comfortable for people with vision impairments or other reading disabilities. Um, and that might include things like making the font size bigger or uh, changing the line space between the, the lines in your book so that it's easier to read, um, controlling the brightness of the screen or the margin so that the lines are longer or shorter to help you focus and concentrate. Um, and that's also kind of what led into this most latest release that we put out, which is a tool called Reading Ruler. Um, and Reading Ruler is this really simple but powerful tool that mimics this idea of these physical reading aids that kids used to use in the classroom where you'd hold the ruler over a, a page of text um, and kind of move the ruler up and down on the screen in, in order to keep your focus and concentration. And so earlier this year, we released a digital equivalent of that for Kindle on iOS. Um, where you can either move the ruler or move the book content through the ruler if it's easier to keep the ruler itself fixed in place. Um, so that, along with you know the voice view screen reader that we've created, man, there's a lot of cool stuff going on um, with not just my team, but all of the teams across Kindle. It's really fun to be a part of. That all sounds great. And real quick, Toby, I'm just going to uh, give a quick consideration for our listeners. You know, Explorable Podcast really is about destinations and finding out how explorable they are. But this conversation we're having today about the Amazon Kindle and accessibility with it really ties into travel and tourism because we can think of not only those 
things that we want to pack in our, our suitcase or even it simply if we're on a commute from point A to point B for our work every day, or we're just at home right now in the COVID era thinking about exploring new places once all of this pandemic goes away. The Kindle Reader is one of the most amazing technical technological uh, inventions to allow so many people to get back into reading and to be excited about reading no matter where they are. Yeah, I agree, Josh. This is about the end-to-end travel experience, and that includes, uh, you know, one thing that I love to do is, is uh, read a book on a train. I love train travel. Going between cities or overnight trips, uh, having a good book is imperative. And, um, you know, how many people, you know, love to sit on the beach and read a book? And as you pointed out, Josh, right now during quarantine, we're probably sitting home dreaming about travel and uh, perfect time to read a book about our favorite destination or somewhere we dream about going. And Joanna, I always get the warm and fuzzy questions, it seems like, but I'm wondering about your personal experience with disability. And if you don't mind sharing your story and uh, how that, uh, how you show up at Amazon with your experience and, and your passion for inclusion and uh, how that influences your work? Um, well, I really started working to solve technology problems for people with disabilities, um, I don't know, back around 2008 or so, long before I joined Amazon. Um, back then, it was this entirely new space for me. I really didn't know very much about it. Um, so I started to talk to customers um, you know, about how they used assistive technology, geez, like what assistive technology was, um, how it helped people uh, experience digital environments more easily. Um, and I really just sort of wanted to dive into this interesting and meaty and complex problem, which I kind of really liked to solve. I, I loved taking on those what seemed like really difficult, wicked problems. And a few months after I, I started doing this research, uh, my nephew, who was four years old at the time, was diagnosed with a pretty severe case of ADHD uh, and an oppositional defiance disorder. He lived in this really small town in Canada where they didn't really have the knowledge, the resources, or even the experience to help him out in school. And he struggled a lot. Um, people just didn't understand the different way that his brain worked. And as you know, an aunt who wanted so badly for this kid to succeed, it, was, it sort of bothered me to no end that he was facing these barriers that didn't make any sense in school. Um, and then a few months after that, I met this woman who was a lawyer at the Department of Labor in Washington, DC. We met at a networking event arranged by a different friend. And um, she actually became one of my, my best friends. Um, but what surprised me about the way that she had chosen to live her life was that um, she never wanted her deafness to define her. She never wanted that to be something that made people question her capabilities. And so at a very early age, she learned how to speak without a deaf speech accent. Uh, she could read lips fluently. You would never know she was deaf unless she actually chose to tell you that. And she had literally no functional hearing at all. Um, and she was just this incredibly wonderful woman. Um, and then shortly after that, uh, I was at my rock climbing gym and I met this guy who had been injured in the war. He was a single arm amputee, um, and could climb anything and blew my mind. And he became one of my most influential climbing instructors. And all of a sudden this like technical problem wasn't so like problemy anymore. It was like this, this thing that said, oh my God, there are these amazing, wonderful people who are facing this just ridiculous brick wall um, in life that the rest of us have erected. And uh, I got really passionate about trying to bust it and, and break it down. And um, Kindle, when the opportunity came up to join Kindle, well, it just made all the sense in the world because I lived in that same small town in the middle of nowhere, Canada, when I was growing up. And reading was my escape. 
it was the thing that I did all the time. And it astounded me that there were people who didn't have access to books because technology should be opening doors. And instead it was kind of keeping people out and uh, I wanted to go fix that. And so that's what we do. And I'm super excited about it. That's great. That's great. So this is a, just kind of a fun question. What's your, what's your go-to book genre when it comes to, you know, what is on your Kindle right now? Oh God. Uh, I don't even know if I could pick one. Um, seriously, books is just something I love. Um, right now I'm rereading one of my most favorite historical, uh, historical romance science fiction mashup series called Outlander uh, that I've been reading for years and years. And I'm, I'm rereading it for like probably the 18th time um, right now, but uh, I just love it all. Um, what I love about Kindle, uh, especially for travel, is that I can just take all my books with me. So if I'm in the mood for a science fiction novel, I have one. If I'm in the mood for a romance, I have one. If I'm in the mood for a biography of some historical figure, I have one or can find one. Um, and the fact that I can carry all those books around with me is just just amazing. Like, I'm, I'm sure you're both incredibly aware, but like, it can be really difficult for people with disabilities to get their hands on a new book, uh, especially a new release book, right? Like they're not printed mm -hmm. in large print. They're not printed in braille. And if you are lucky enough to get your hands on one, they're huge and they're heavy. And you don't want to take that with you when you travel. Um, and so that's one of the things that just makes me so proud of the work we do at Kindle, right? Like we have 12 million screen reader supported books. And when you pair your Kindle or your Kindle app on iOS or Android with a Braille display, all of a sudden you have 12 million books in Braille that, that you can carry with you on your Kindle and, and you can read. And, and it's just so cool to be able to do that kind of stuff. And I love hearing um, from our customers who are using it and telling us that it's great, but it could be better because that just makes us work harder and it's awesome. Hey, Joanna, you know, it seems like um, accessibility is becoming more and more mainstream. And I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how uh, you see society changing, you know, the conversation changing and, in, in, you know, in society writ large. And also how uh, in your time at Amazon, the, the thinking has changed around uh, from a product perspective on accessibility or disability inclusion. Yeah, well, I think you said it really well. It's becoming more mainstream, right? I, I think overall, the technology industry really actually has started to focus a lot more on inclusion and accessibility. You know, 12 years ago, when I started doing this kind of thing, most people wouldn't have even known what a screen reader was. Heck, I didn't. And now I think teams are really starting to shift their mindset um, and think about accessibility really as like just another aspect of good quality software design, right? Like it's just good experience when you make it accessible. Um, and the Kindle teams I think are working really hard to build experiences that do just that, working on those devices and reading applications that work with that assistive technology that support all different kinds of reading needs and the diversity that exists within that. But not even that, like we, can help people become authors and all of the tools and technology that you can use to be an author on Kindle, we focus on making that accessible too. So there's no barriers to anybody who wants to publish a book. Um, so, you know, there's just so many cool things going on there. And, you know, I can't really speak to the whole of Amazon, but what I have seen is that there are so many groups just like Kindle where accessibility has become this, this high priority. Um, and for us, for our teams at Kindle, it, it really is a core part of our development process. Um, one of my favorite experiences, to be honest, uh, that I observed at the NFB convention a couple of years ago in, uh, I think we were, I think, oh, I don't even remember where we were. I think we were in Orlando or something, but um, 
the thing that blew my mind around the differences that have happened in the last 12 years was that this, this little boy, he probably got, I think he must've been like 11. He just like ran up to the Amazon booth where we were showing and, and just expected it to work. Like there was no question about how is this accessible. He just like picked it up, picked up a Kindle, picked up a fire tablet, turned it on, figured out how to turn on the screen reader and just expected it to work. Like, and, and 12 years ago, there never would have been that expectation. It would have been like, oh, that sounds cool, but will it work for me? And there would have been this little like fear that that, that wasn't possible. And that's gone now. And because what that means is that we're doing the right things, right? We're creating experiences that people just expect they should be able to use as they should. Um, and we're delivering on that. And I love it. Yeah, I, I really appreciate it as a user. And uh, I think inclusive design is good design. And for our listeners who don't know, there's, um, you know, well over a billion people in the world with disabilities. So this is not only uh, uh, good design for all users, but it's it's a substantial market that businesses want to capture. And um, so it's, it's a win, 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 if you excuse the cliche, but I think it's a, I think it's a, a good thing that uh, society is starting to um, recognize the, not only the responsibility, but the opportunity. Absolutely. And so for our listeners, just for clarification, NFB was the national federation of the blind conference. Yes. I'm proud to be a federationalist. So hi, all NFB listeners out there. I have a, confession and i'm sorry to say this i don't have a kindle and it seems like every every three months joanna i kind of consider it and then back off and and i'm going to be quite honest with you the the reason that i hesitated really had to do with the consideration for accessibility as a as a blind user i i wasn't sure about if it would be um you know something that was kind of just bolted on as an after fact, but hearing everything that you're saying, I mean, it sounds like it is baked in, accessibility is baked in at the core. And so my question for you, for those people that are that are still on the fence of considering a Kindle, or maybe this is the first time they're hearing about these, these e-readers, for somebody who has a disability or for a family member who's considering maybe the, the opportunity, what would you suggest for the next steps for them to take to be able to, to purchase one? Or to try it out. Yeah, I, I mean, a great place to start if you just want to learn a little bit more about what's going on is the Kindle accessibility page on Amazon.com. So the URL for that is Amazon.com slash Kindle accessibility, all one word. Um, and there, there's sort of a, an overview about all of the different things that are possible with Kindle uh, and let you dive down into, into deeper information. But one of the other things that Amazon and the whole sort of uh, takes a, a, a pretty non-standard approach to when it comes to technology is that we believe fully in affordability, right? Like, so you can go buy a Fire tablet for like 50 bucks and you get access to those 12 million books plus all of our Prime Video catalogs and, and you can pair that with your Braille display and, and it does work. It is baked into the, the very beginnings. Um, the the uh, sort of flagship e-reader Kindle device um, I'll be frank and say it's support for customers who rely on screen reader technology is maybe not as equal as its LCD counterparts today. And some of that is just because, as I'm sure you guys are familiar, uh, a lot of the really powerful interactions on a mobile device require multi-touch gestures where the screen can recognize the difference between one finger on the screen and two fingers on the screen. 
um, the current e-ink technologies don't actually tell the difference. You can't tell if there's one finger on the screen or two. The the um, the tech just doesn't doesn't do that well. So while it works and it works pretty well, it's not quite as robust and powerful as something like the Fire Tablet or the um, iOS reading applications that have sort of the the full gamut of support for for accessibility. Um, you know what what we've tried to focus on with all of the technology that that Amazon builds is um, like making it as simple and straightforward and connected to how existing other things work, right? So with with the Fire Tablet, for instance, um, if you just pull the power button down the same way you would on any Android phone, um, its first reaction is, oh, do you want to turn on the screen reader, right? So you hold that down for, for a few seconds and then it pops up an audio message that says, do you want to turn on the screen reader? And you can gesture, answer with a gesture about whether you do or you don't. Um, so it's just that that like right out of the box experience. We're, we're trying to help you learn how to turn on that technology and, and give you guidance along the way. Um, and we do that with, with all of the stuff that we're building, right? Like I did mention that website, um, Kindle Accessibility, uh, amazon.com slash Kindle Accessibility. Uh, we try to cre create a lot of connections there to some of the, the information about how to use our different features. And, um, you know, Kindle, we pride ourselves on making sure that we're designing it to think about that whole spectrum of, of reading, right? Providing information about how do you easily increase the text size? Well, you can just pinch and zoom it on an e-reader device and make it bigger mm. um, in, in some cases, maybe not on every device, but that's sort of device specific, like most things are in mobile, right? There's nuances to how they work, but um, the the Kindle e-reader, or sorry, the reading ruler feature that, that I mentioned earlier, um, this is sort of another great example of something that's super easy to use. If you're uh, holding your iPhone, for instance, in one hand, you can set your Kindle book into a mode where the, the you don't even have to turn pages. You just scroll it like a website, right? So it just vertically scrolls all the way through the content. And when you turn the ruler on, you can just with a single hand, like stay focused, keep your eye in one place so you don't get dizzy or distracted, um, change the color and style of that little ruler to find something that helps you create the right blocked out experience that helps you focus if you have dyslexia or ADHD or something like that. Um, and that ease of use only comes because we actually talk to people who have those challenges, who are using those tools and learn what it is that makes them more comfortable, how they're used to using technology so we can create similar and consistent patterns. And, um, you know, my one of the things I love best about this work is the connection we have to those customers. Like we have, uh, we get emails. I uh, got one a few weeks ago from a mom who uh, told me that her daughter who's blind um, loves books, loves to read, but flat out refused to use audiobooks or audio support for reading because she just wanted to be able to read on her own. She didn't want anybody else to have to read for her um, and wasn't aware that Kindle supported that kind of thing, right? Where she could pair it to a braille display or she could increase the text size so she could exercise the little bit of functional vision she still had. And so it was so cool to hear that mom say, now she loves to read again <laughs> um, mm -hmm. because we found Kindle. It's yeah. Yeah. I love that story. And it's so important for us as uh, product managers and designers to create those intuitive interactions, because I think something like 70% of disabilities acquired and I have exactly. Lieber's congenital amaurosis. So I've, I was born fully sighted function as a sighted person, you know, went through the, uh, you know, uh, just 
zoom uh, large font and then you know moving into like screen magnification and finally into a screen reader and braille um and you know as we think about our aging population with we mm-hmm. have 10,000 people a day turning 65 and you know they don't see as well or hear as well perhaps but um you know having those intuitive designs where uh, folks can continue uh like the story you told you know continue loving to read and i think it's so important to to facilitate those um, that capacity for, you know, for folks to read independently and, and we have to make the, uh, interactions intuitive and easy, uh, in order to be successful in that endeavor. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you. I mean, for me, I think reading is like the core of creating a healthy society, right? It, it helps mm-hmm. us think creatively. It helps us be innovative. It helps us understand the world around us and gain more knowledge, which just, sort of expands the way we think about things. Um, but it it also sort of measurably improves employment outcomes mm-hmm. and education scores for kids and you know economic stability in the world. And there's just so many things about that that are important and, and connected to reading. And um, the more we can do to provide access to reading, either to make reading easier, um, fundamentally make it accessible to people, uh, but also maybe like create a lifelong reader out of somebody who traditionally has just found reading hard because of things that are beyond their control. Um, yeah, that's, that's a huge driver for me. That is powerful. Yeah. That's, that, that's an amazing statement, Joanna, which truly definitely you mentioned employment, people with disabilities, of course, to an extent have certain challenges and issues when it comes to employment. So, uh, having this uh, opportunity to be able to, uh, elevate their skills from a reading standpoint, that's, that's super phenomenal. If I'm not asking too much about kind of opening the door and peeking into your process, does the Amazon Kindle accessibility team work with disability consultants? Are there people with disabilities that are at Amazon? What, so what's the, what's the process when it comes to hearing about some of the challenges maybe to optimize accessibility? Do you work internally with people with disabilities or externally or both? So we have a, a gentleman on our team. His name is Jamal, and he is—he would tell you that he is a uh, self-confessed bibliophile. He loves books. Um, he and I get along really, really well because of our love for books. But um, he's also blind, and he's a quality expert on our team. And and he brings this incredible, unique perspective to everything that we're doing and trying to help us understand that space and what that means in in relation to books. And it's it's incredibly valuable to the whole team to have him with us on a daily basis and. Um, But even beyond that, right, Amazon has an affinity group called People with Disabilities, Amazon People with Disabilities. And um, that group is focused on trying to just create a culture of awareness and and acceptance and, and all of those great things around employees at Amazon. But they, you know, they drive goals um, to to foster that community, but they will also participate in user tests and beta programs. And just like with what we're doing with Kindle, we can all talk to them and say, hey, I'm looking for people who might have a certain challenge with reading. If you're willing to talk to us, we'd, we'd love to learn. Um, so we do do a lot of that. Um, but we are also connected to our customers on a regular basis at like events like the National Federation of the Blind Conference or the American Foundation of the Blind um, or CSUN or Accessing Higher Ground or Closing the Gap or, you know, all of the accessibility conferences. But um, we also seek people out in our regular daily lives as well, right? Like there's lots of things that you can learn from people who may not 
uh, outwardly identify as having a disability, right? There's a, a ton of people who have what we might refer to as an invisible disability. So if you're just having a conversation about, hey, what makes reading hard? Um, you're going to learn a lot that's actually going to help level the playing field for a lot of different individuals. And uh, we actively seek out people to participate in research studies with us to join our teams. Like that type of diversity is a critical component to success for Amazon. So, yeah, it's, it's huge. Hey, Joanna, I hope uh, being that we're both in Seattle, we can get a socially distanced uh, coffee one one of these days. Or yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. Hopefully not socially distant uh, in the near future. Um, gosh, I can't wait to get out and, and go and travel again. But for now, I'm you. wondering <laughs> for now, I'm wondering how folks can get in touch with you if they want to connect or um, maybe have more questions for you. Sure. Um, so people with disabilities are some of my favorite people to talk to. I mean, y'all are some of the most inventive and innovative people I've ever met. Uh, so I love connecting professionally with with people in this community. Um, the best way to do that with me directly is probably to find me on LinkedIn. Um, you can just search for my name and, and title at Amazon. I'm pretty easy to find on LinkedIn. Um, so happy to do that and connect with anyone who's interested in staying in touch directly. Um, if you do have uh, more specific feedback that you want to share about Kindle, you can also just email us at kindle-accessibility at amazon.com. Um, and we, we love to get those emails as well. Joanna, Toby, this has been phenomenal. This has been an explorable podcast. Thank you so much to Brad and everybody listening. We'll take care and we'll see you soon. Explorable is a Design Century original production in collaboration with the Travelability Summit and produced by Brad Carpenter. Find out more about our productions, podcasts, and insights at designcentury.com slash originals and travelabilitysummit.com. You can connect with Josh Loebner or myself, Toby Willis, on LinkedIn.